Here's the big question. How is it that most entrepreneurs hustle and are always busy and struggle to take just one step forward only to fall two steps back? They're dedicated, determined, and driven, but only a few finally break through and win. This show uncovers those quantum leap patterns of highly successful people so you can simply model what they do and apply to your future success. That's the question, and the answers are right here. My name is Brigitte Höfele, and this is the Success Patterns Show. And you are right because you are here at the right place at the right time at the Success Pattern Show. My name is Brigitte Höfele. I'm the founder of the Success Pattern Movement and the CEO of the Center of NLP. And this show was designed with your success in mind because the quality of your success starts with your attitude, or let me say your attitude towards it. Success is an interesting thing. It shapes its meaning with each individual success seeker, and it's not limited to either business or personal. It is modeled in patterns, strategies, and behavior. And Tony Robbins is known for saying, success leaves clues. I say, success leaves patterns. And we're decoding these patterns that led to other people's success, to our guest expert success, so you can then encode it in your own life and your own success starting today. As humans, we're interesting people. We're hardwired for hands-on application by a living teacher. We're not theoreticians because they just kind of talk a good game. We're grand masters at work. We're going to give you tips on how to model success And that means that right now you might want to grab something to write with and something to write on because you want to take notes because we are actually literally receiving a guest expert from the future. I know it's crazy, but these are the things that are possible today. And I'm telling you, the future is calling and it's a good future. We have a gem of an expert with us today. Um, And before I go even deeper into introducing our gem and guest expert today, I want to give a big shout out to Johnny Cass, my fellow NLP grandmaster. And um, Johnny, big shout out to you. And it's all about the patents. So today we're going to talk about communication. And uh, our guest expert His name is Jim Fuller, so he's a Jim. He's an author of The Art of Conscious Communication and a fellow lover of NLP. He has lived a very colorful global life, and I think he still lives that. We're going to ask him in a little bit. He's uh, coming from being a barefoot backpacker to a corporate leader, a fire dancer, and a traditional tattooist, a kindergarten teacher to a motorcycle career, masseuse and reflexology to laborer and travel consultant. And with his, now in his time as a partner, as a father, as a coach, as a facilitator, as a retreat leader, he's going to give us nuggets and information and things that you can immediately implement. He is the author of the book, The Art of Conscious Communication. He's also a fellow TEDx speaker, and I cannot wait till you meet him, and that would be right now. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Jim Fuller. Jim, good to have you here, man. Hey, Brigida, how are you going? 
I'm good. Thank you for being here and taking the time. Now, I did say that we are getting a call from the future, like literally. Where we, where are you calling in from? Well, I'm, in terms of timeline, I'm calling you from Wednesday morning. It's, um, you know, 7.30 something <laughs> Wednesday morning. And I, so I can tell you the sun still comes up tomorrow and the world is all still here and everything's fine. So you, nothing to worry about. With, with the only thing is that now the seasons are turned around because it's spring for you. It's fall for us. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting it's slowly getting warmer here. We're coming out of our winter. Yeah. And, and I can say it's slowly getting cooler here. Actually, I landed from Germany day before yesterday and it was warmer in Germany than it was here in Atlanta when I landed. That was backwards. Yeah, wow. Yep, that's pretty crazy. I was just in LA last week uh, for meetings in LA and the weather was perfect. It was beautiful, sunny blue skies every day and t-shirt weather. I love t-shirt weather. It's my kind of weather. Um, speaking of t-shirt weather, so in your bio, you know, you're a traditional tattoo artist. Will you? I saw it when you were pulling up your sleeves earlier. Will you show us for the ones that are watching us live? Uh, wow. <laughs> Yeah. Did you do those so yourself? I did. Oh, the stuff on my left arm I did myself because I'm right-handed, you know, so I can tattoo my left arm easily, but I can't quite reach my own right arm. <laughs> so I, I've tattooed places on my body that I can reach. Um, it's a little, bit, it's a little <laughs> bit tricky tattooing yourself because normally when you're tattooing someone, you use one hand to stretch the skin so that it's a, a taut canvas you know, it's easier to tattoo like that. But when you're tattooing yourself, you can't stretch your skin. So it's a little bit tricky because the skin is moving all over the place while you're tattooing yourself. So where else in your life do you like to challenge yourself? Oh, wow. <laughs> that almost <laughs> sums up my life, um, challenging myself. You know, it's funny when I, I had the idea to, well, I first had the idea to run retreats in the remote Himalayan mountains um, many, many years ago in my, in the nineties. So I was in my twenties and I was living in the Himalayan mountains in a very remote little village. And I had an idea that I was going to take people there. Um, and I, but I didn't know what that would look like. And then jump forward a couple of decades. And I was in the room with Johnny Cass, believe it or not. G'day, Johnny. I was in the room with Johnny Cass <laughs> and our, our mutual leader teacher at the time Sharon Pearson was up the front of the room and she was delivering NLP training which I'd already been through and so I was crewing I was volunteering my time as a crew member in the in the NLP training room and I had a light bulb moment and I downloaded everything all in one you know kind of download like a two-minute download and it was the leadership company that I formed it was the leadership retreats in the Himalayan mountains that I was going to run uh, and all of that sort of stuff. And I saw the brand, I saw the name, I saw the program all in a couple of minutes. So then I thought, right, I've got to do this. I'm going to take leaders on remote treks uh, in the Himalayan mountains with my family over there. And I went to my accountant and, uh, and he said to me, um, that's pretty risky. You need to form a company to do that, you know, a proprietary limited company to remove yourself from some of the risk. And he said, are you seriously going to do this? And I said, you know what? It scares the absolute hell out of me. So I have to do it, right? I have to do it. And that was in answer to your question, Brigitte. Um, you know, do I do things that, that challenge me or scare me? And yes, I have, because I've also learned that 
and I see growth is one of my driving forces. I to to learn, you know, to live, to learn, and give are my my core purposes. And so I'm always wanting to learn. I'm like a sponge, and you don't learn in your comfort zone, right? If you're in your comfort right. zone, you're not learning anything new because you know everything there. That's why you're comfortable. So being uncomfortable for me is synonymous with growth. And so if I'm getting too comfortable, I quite often find ways to, to make myself really uncomfortable. That's a pattern all in itself, right? That is propelling you out of your literal comfort zone. Um, and in your comfort zone, there's, is there learning? Is there no learning? Look, I, in your comfort zone, it's certainly nice to spend time in your comfort zone, absolutely, because when you're in your comfort zone, um, you can share and give and rejuvenate and rest and meditate and contemplate and, you know, there's lots of beautiful stuff occurs when you're comfortable, absolutely. Uh, I, I think, though, if for me, if I'm really wanting something brand new, whether it's a new neural pathway to fire that's never fired before, uh, whether it's an experience, physiological experience that I've never had before. Generally speaking, that happens in the uncomfort zone because it's new, you know, and, and, and when things are brand new for us, it's a bit uncomfortable because we haven't experienced it before. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we come out of a time now, and I, I'm saying this very deliberate, we are coming out of this time of a pandemic, um, and it was uncomfortable. It was unknown. It was uncertain. You know, it was was a lot of things. What would what was your pattern going into the pandemic and during the pandemic and now coming out now that you're kind of maybe disassociating yourself a little bit and looking at it from a different point of view? What yeah, it's it, it's interesting. I I was acutely aware of a, a pattern. In Australia, we say a pattern. pattern. <laughs> I, I noticed this pattern. Uh, I noticed a pattern of my of my own behaviour, and it's funny because just prior to COVID, one of my clients here in Australia had asked me to build an online course for personal resilience uh, for frontline responders. It was for paramedics in an ambulance department. Can you please build an online course in personal resilience? So I built the course launched the course. It was my first online um, way of serving. And then a month after launching the course, the pandemic came. So that was me tiptoeing into, you know, scalability and online, all that sort of stuff. And that, and then in the June of that year, so June came and where I live in, in Victoria, Australia, Melbourne, essentially, we had the longest, strongest lockdowns globally. Like it was by far the worst, you know, restriction that anyone experienced over a long period of time here. And in the first June of the pandemic, I remember thinking, I was sitting on the couch and I thought, I'll just ride this out. So the government gave us some assistance. We were very lucky and we had some financial assistance. I had enough money to feed my children and I went, you know what, I'll just ride this out. It'll be gone in a few months and then I'll get back into my work again. And I heard myself think that and I went, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That is not going to work, Jem. You need to flip your thinking now. You need to find out how you can be more relevant and add more value now than you ever have done before. And then I, I'm, I am, I, I'm aware that I'm lucky, 
I know not I know a lot of people who couldn't do this, but I doubled my business in the first year of the pandemic and then I doubled that again in the second year of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I've had a 400% growth in my business over the last two years because of flipping the way I looked at it and finding a way to be more valuable. When you when people hear that, um, they want that too, right? So because everything comes in patterns, because everything, um, when we are able to look at it from peeling back the layers of an onion, so to say, and looking at it with the strategies of neurolinguistic programming, what would you say is the most important thing in scaling your business or growing your business despite all of the circumstances that are around you that say you can't grow your business? I mean, to grow your business, there has to be a need. There has to be um, something that people really, really need or want that you can help them with. You know, if, if what you're doing doesn't have any place, then you've got to find another way to use your skill set and your offerings that are going to land with people, you know. And so for me, that that flip was I went from being a leadership coach and helping, you know, going and delivering workshops in organisations around leadership and culture. And then I had to look and go, hang on, what where what's the pain point for people now? And it was personal resilience, you know, and organisations for the first time, board board tables were having to have on the, in that conversation they were having to talk about the risk the very real risk of people's resilience and well-being in the past that was just a box that we ticked oh yes yes we put some money into well-being and personal development but now it was on the board table because people were getting sick and people were not able to go to work and um, you know our resilience was tested lots of anxiety r- rates went up depression rates went up, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I had to flip and think, how can I help people with their personal resistance and how can I do that online? And how can I get what I share, what I do, into their their homes because they can't leave home? Uh, so that's that was the thinking. And then obviously you come up with ways to do that. And, and it, it's just always feedback. You know, try something. Does it work? No. Right. Try something else. Does it work? Oh, yeah, it does. Right. Let's double down on that. So constantly getting feedback, um, you know, the NLP idea that there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback, right? Mm-hmm. You get feedback whether something works or not and then just keep taking action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's test, test operate, test exit, right? It's, it's constantly yeah. testing, looking for evidence. As humans, we always search for evidence. We mostly search for evidence now that we think about it, of why things are not working or why they might not work, right? It's so much easier. Oh, this is not going to work. You know, I can't grow my business during a pandemic because. And then they find all of this evidence that supports their way of thinking and their way of being and believing, right? Yep, yep. So if it works that way, uh, Jim, it can actually work the other way too, couldn't it? 100% and it works even better if you I mean we know this when I say we I mean humans through lots of extensive research we understand now that a positive perspective gets you better results now some people are born naturally optimistic and some people are born naturally pessimistic and some people are in the in between that's okay even if you're someone who is naturally negative so you you tend to 
naturally focus on what's not possible or what you what can't be done when you exercise the discipline of a positive perspective and that can look like sitting down with a piece of paper writing down all the things that can't be done and then saying right i'm going to put that over there and now i'm going to sit here and look at what might be possible what what is within my control or influence where could i spend my energy that might get me a better result so when we activate the discipline of a positive perspective we get better results you know now we just know that to be true and like you were saying brigida if if you say that's not possible well it's not for you exactly. because if you believe yep. something's if you believe something's not possible you're not going to look for ways to do it so you're not going to do it it just will never happen but if you flip that and say it might be possible i'm not sure how yet but it might be possible so let's go and explore that you're just going to get better results it, it it's the it's the opportunities and possibilities that can happen that we speak into existence as we are becoming aware that they're out there, right? We, we, we get so much great feedback from our listeners and our viewers right now. Big shout out to Paquita and to Brian. Thank you for being involved in our conversation here because it's, it's a very real and a very um, necessary conversation. And when we are realizing that we do have that I because I can only speak for myself, have a limiting belief, or I'm becoming aware of I'm, my mind always goes into a specific area of, you know, not supportive, then I can actually start turning it around. What do you, what does Gem Fuller value most? What do I value most? The overarching value for me is love. Hmm. Um, I really value love and that that plays out in different ways in different aspects of my life you know in terms of my relationships the most important one of the most important aspects to life for me are my relationships first and foremost my relationship with self because I believe that the the degree to which I love accept am okay with myself is the degree to which I can love and, and, and accept and be okay with anybody else. So that relationship with self is super important. And then obviously the people closest around me, my beautiful other half, my woman and our children and my mother and my brother and sister, and it expands outwards, you know, and then the practice becomes a practice. So there are people in life who are different to me. There are people in life who have views that, um, are opposing views to the way I see things. So then love becomes a practice. Compassion and love becomes a meditation, you know, something that I consciously need to practice. So love is the overarching umbrella, but love also for me means abundance, you know, leading from a place of love, leading my own business from a place of love, which is abundance, is that I don't have any competition because there's no one else that's me. There's plenty of other people that do the same thing as me, but I don't see them as competition. I also don't feel like I have limited time. I'm not in a hurry anymore because with abundance, there's more than enough of everything, including time. So that doesn't mean because I don't feel like I've got time pressure on myself, that doesn't mean that I sit back and not do anything. I'm naturally um, driven to take action. I, I, I identify as, as an action taker. So I wake really? up every day and take action because I love that. Um, but I don't feel like I'm in a hurry 
And I think that that comes from love, you know, as opposed to leading from fear. Fear is scarcity. Fear is um, there's not enough. Fear is I can't do that. Fear is someone else will get there first. Someone else will create that online course before me or someone will write that book before me or um, someone will be better than me and that comparison thing. Um, mm -hmm. And it's that's a taxing that's a taxing vibration to to be in. You know, it's so much nicer to be in a vibration of there's more than enough for all of us, which right. I, for me is love, yeah. Yeah, and I think you brought another beautiful pattern. When you're grounded in your core value, when you're grounded in knowing what you stand for, then it's easy to then take the intentional actions or it's yeah. easier because people say, well, you know, I'm not Jim. I can never do what he does. I can't take action. I can't be a fire dancer. I can't be a kindergarten teacher and a motorcycle courier and, and a, you know, a, a, a barefoot backpacker and a tattooer. I can't be that. Well, you don't have to. But what you can do is be aware yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, all of those things were things that I did mm -hmm. um, because at the time I needed to earn money and I also wanted to have fun earning money traveling around the world. That was when I was younger. My life, since my midlife, people call it a midlife crisis. For me, it was a midlife awakening, a midlife opportunity. So 10 years ago, I had my midlife awakening and lost everything, lost my career, lost my marriage, lost my house, lost everything except my children. Um, mm. And so since then, I've been living very consciously and created daily habitual practices that lend themselves to success. So the discipline of creating daily practices, meditations, affirmations, pause moments, creating greater levels of, of conscious awareness of self and life. And, and part of my daily affirmations was creating a sense of identity that was all about my values and how who I'm choosing to be. Not necessarily what I'm choosing to do. The actions that we take, we can be strategic about that, you know, towards what we want to have. But first is who do I choose to be as a person? And, and to put that on vibration, to use the power of language and say that out loud every single morning. I am a kind, generous, compassionate, loving, action-taking man. Every day, right? And, and so then, and so to, to anyone listening to this, no one can stop you from, from being the type of person you want to be. There's no challenges to that. There's no obstacles. It's not like one day when I've got enough money, I'll be that. No, no, no. You can be that today. And if you make that your mantra every day, this is the type of person that I choose to be, then that will determine the quality of the action that you take. And that then will determine what you end up having you know, so then you turn around one day and you look and you go, wow, I've got beautiful relationships. I've got a successful business. I, I live where I want to live. But that's not because I was chasing the have. It's because I was focusing on who do I choose to be. Be, And I love that. I love the C word that you have used now many times over. And that's choice, right? You choose to be. And, yeah. and when we and just that awareness, when we tap into that choice that you know you're not defined by whatever mom and dad or someone said about you at any point no it's a choice yeah how liberating yeah. is that that's empowering isn't it you know yeah, that's empowering because there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff that's outside of our control and influence 
-hmm. you know, and so then the practice is acceptance of that which I can't control or influence. And there's a lot going on out in the big wide world. So that can, that can feel overwhelming and it can feel disempowering. But when you choose, again, this is the choice part, when you choose to focus on that which you have some say over, i.e., how do I choose to respond to the stimulus in the environment around me? And how do I choose? What are the character traits? What are the values? How do I choose to be? How do I choose to treat people? How do I choose to treat myself? How do I choose to sit in each moment? You know, and that that there's the empowerment. And that that really determines the quality of your life. And you know, we we know this, but we don't think about it very much. We're all going to die, and none of us know when. We don't know when. And if that doesn't inform you to want to live your best life today, then what on earth will, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. when, my, when my brother died on his motorbike, he was gone like that, 30 years old and gone, you know. And that was 12 years ago and four months after my father had died of a brain tumour. So with my father, we knew the end was coming because we nursed him through palliative care at home. But with my brother four months after dad had gone, just gone, just yeah. like that. And so yeah. for me, and I don't mean this in a morbid way, I mean this in a celebratory way, I mean this in, in an engaging way, today could be my last day. So I'm sure as hell going to live it in my best way possible, right? I'm with you on that one. I'm with yeah. you completely on that one. Yeah. Brian has a great question. How long do you spend on your daily affirmations and forming and choosing your habits? So I meditate for the first thing I do every morning is meditate for 20 minutes and then 10 minutes of affirmations. And those affirmations um, quite often will, I'll be saying them out loud as I'm going to the shower, while I'm in the shower, um, while I'm brushing my teeth, while I'm getting dressed. So there's a bit of multitasking going on there. Um, but one of, the, one of the things that has become habitual for my partner and I to say and we saw this on a TED talk years ago. We start the day by saying every morning, today is a great day. Yes. Just those words, today is a great day. Now, that doesn't mean that every day is necessarily a great day. I know that. There are some days when things happen and it's a challenging day. But the research shows us that when you say today is a great day at the start of your day, your overall level of well-being and, and resilience goes up. Right. So when your well-being is higher, you're happier, your energy that you're putting out is is more attractive to people and more stuff comes back. Right. What we project is what we perceive. So when you're vibrating at a higher level, the universe around you, in inverted commas, seems to be vibrating at that level with you and you are more successful. That's such a simple strategy. Yep. And yet so, so little people make use of it. And actually, I had a FaceTime call with my daughter who's in, in Munich in Germany, and she's 20. And she had an aha moment for herself. And she says, oh, when so when I continue to focus on all the things that are not working, then that's where my focus go goes to. And that's what I vibrate in. But I can I have a choice. I can also focus on the things that are working and celebrate yeah. those. Yep. And so it's it's beautiful to see, right? I mean, you have kids that are a similar age when they have that aha effect, that aha yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And you know, simple is can can be deceptively simple. 
you know, mm. simple mm -hmm. is powerful when it is done with consistency over time. So the affirmation that really changed my life uh, from that midlife crisis time, I, I had a, a, an understanding that I'd been running a limiting belief in the background, reasonably subconsciously, that I wasn't enough. I wasn't enough to be successful or happy mm. or, you know, I wasn't good enough to be her man or I wasn't good enough to be a great lover or anything, insert here, whatever word you want. But the belief mm. was I wasn't enough. And then I read these books by people like Dr. Joe Dispenza and others like this around the power of language and repetition and how we can wire our new unlimiting belief. So I took, a, I took the belief, I am enough. I am enough. I am good enough. And I put it on high repeat. And for the first six months of saying it, and Brigitte, I said it so many times out loud every day. And I, if you had seen me, you would have thought I was a crazy person because I just had this <laughs> on repeat out loud every day when I was alone normally. Um, and for the first six months of saying it, I still didn't believe it. And I didn't really believe it was going to work. I thought, Jem, this is silly. You know, you, you read a book saying that you can change your you're thinking, you can change your beliefs, but this is stupid, was my, my ego voice was saying that. But I was so determined to create change, I stuck with it. And then from six to 12 months, things started to change. And then after 12 months of saying the same thing every single morning, tens of times, hundreds of times sometimes, after 12 months, guess what? The neural pathway that fired when I said I am enough wired together, I started to believe my own hype. I consciously brainwashed myself into believing I was enough and I deserved success and happiness. And lo and behold, the outside world changed, in inverted commas, because it's your relationship with the outside world, right? Because yeah. your relationship with self is your relationship with the outside world. So it all changed. And that's when my coaching practice started to fly. That's when clients started coming to me. That's when it, my retreats around the world started happening. That's when my beautiful woman, Talia, showed up in my life. Not before. She didn't sh come up and save me. I saved myself first. I changed my thinking first and then she showed up. Then I met her and we fell in love, you know, so. That's powerful. That's powerful. Mm. And, and then all of that is evidence. Becomes yeah, right. evidence that you are enough. Right. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I love that you, it. That you've consciously created, right? Because we, we, we subconsciously and accidentally brainwash ourselves and, and and are brainwashed by our environment throughout our whole lives with unintentionally and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy so if you've had a life where you learned it as a young person you learned that life was tough and people are mean so you That's believe that life is tough and people are mean life will be tough for you i promise and you'll keep meeting mean people i promise because we get evidence to back up our belief and then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy so when you interject and you become awake and you go, wow, I get this pattern, right? I get this game. I can actually flip the script on this game and with volition and intention, consciously, on purpose, create the brainwashing that I want that will then become a new self-fulfilling prophecy and you can change your life. I promise you can do it. That's a pattern all in itself. Guys, we had so many patterns and you can learn even more from Jim and I want you to. So Jim uh, came bearing gifts. Uh, Jim, what did you bring us? 
Mindfulness uh, meditation has been massive for me and I've got a course that's a, a, an introductory course to mindfulness meditation and I would love to give it, I mean, normally it sells on my, on my school, but I would love to give the course for free to your listeners, to the viewers. Uh, so just jump on there. The, the link is there. Just jump onto my school. You can find everything through gemfuller.com, but jump onto the online courses and put in podcast as the coupon code and that will make the, the course free for you. Fantastic. Yeah, guys, jump on that. You want to go download and access the Mindfulness Made Easy online course for free by clicking the link gemfuller.teachable.com and use the coupon code podcast. So make sure that you use the coupon code podcast, gemfuller.teachable.com. Exactly, Brian. Thank you for reiterating that. And the coupon code is podcast. And of course, you want to follow gemfuller.com. And I think we have an Instagram as well. Uh, Instagram.com slash gemfuller. Yeah, come and hang out on Insta. That's that's a place I have more a lot of fun. And I'm sharing stuff on there every day. Um, and I'm still super accessible. If you DM me, if you send me a message, follow, follow me and send me a message. Um, I'm here. I'll chat back and let's let's connect. Love it. So Instagram.com slash gem fuller gem. This has been a gem. Just absolutely beautiful. What a great time we had today. I, I would not. Um, it, it would have been great if Johnny Cass would have been here, but I know that he's coming as well. So give my love to Johnny when you talk to him. Um, Jim, thank you for thank you for being here. Thank you for bringing your wisdom. Thank you for bringing your love. Thank you for bringing tons of value for our listeners. And yeah, let's go. Let's go do more of that. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on, Brigitte. All right. I'll see you soon. And guys, thanks for joining um, our Success Pattern Show today on this Tuesday. We're going to see each other again next week. Same time, same place. Spread the word. Be there. Until then, bye and ciao for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Success Pattern Show at www.thesuccesspatternshow.com. My name is Brigitte Hufalet. 